What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Week 10 DFS MVP podcast. I'm your host, TJ Hernandez, the director of DFS at 4for4.com. As always, with my trusty co-host, Mr. John Daigle. Daigle, uh, back after a very, very small slate this week. Not much bigger this week, one extra game, but uh, player pool's pretty small this week. So uh, how you doing so far? Player pool small, but a couple of important games and pricing situations to discuss. Uh, it's an interesting slate, that's for sure. Yeah, um, it is an interesting slate because even though we have one more game than last week, um, a lot of really um, low scores on the slate or, or low projected scores, at least. Um, only a couple teams with team totals above 24, uh, only three games with totals above 44. Uh, so I, I think even though uh, we have an extra game compared to last week, we're still going to get some concentrated ownership uh, on a couple of games. Before we get into our decision point, I do want to remind everybody that the DFS subscription price at 4 for 4 has been dropped in half for the rest of the season. The original price of $99 is down to $49. We go through the Super Bowl week, so plenty of goodness there. Uh, that gets you access to all content tools uh, as well as our Discord chat that we are constantly referencing here. Uh, but as we do every week, we start off the podcast by talking about the one big thing that we're looking at that is going to pivot how we play tournaments uh, this week or, or DFS in general, uh, we'll, we'll pretend that the obvious thing isn't the Josh Allen news. I mean, that's going to be the big thing that swings uh, how, how teams and, and lineups are built, whether Josh Allen is active or not. Even if he isn't 100%, it's still really going to change the nature of the slate. But other than that, uh, is there any one major point that you're emphasizing this week? It's actually similar to what you're going to discuss in that we need to talk about what to do with Justin Fields. On FanDuel, it's a lot easier being $200 less than Patrick Mahomes, uh, but on DraftKings where they kind of just left him around 6500 and we have good situations around him, but also a, a player with elite rushing upside, double-digit carries, three of his last four games at 6500 in a terrific spot at home against the Lions defense. It's a lot to handle. And so... Between that, and I know you also want to talk about the Chiefs team total, go ahead and do so so we can get into this about how to play it. Yeah, I mean, uh, Justin Fields is the Q QB1 over the last few weeks with crazy rushing. But uh, from a team standpoint, one thing that it, you've probably noticed, most listeners or, or viewers have noticed all year, is that scoring is just way down and that's reflected in the uh the totals whether it be team totals or or um game totals we've actually only had one team total close at or above 30 points this year and that was the chiefs all the way back in week one so vegas has been projecting low scoring we've been getting low scoring now we have a spot where the chiefs are currently their team total is at 30.25 probably will close at or above 30 and not only are they going to close at or above 30? But the next closest team is currently sitting at 26.5, the Dolphins. So a, a lot of these weeks, we haven't felt super compelled or, or haven't, uh, there, there's been a couple of bill spots, but it hasn't felt like you're missing out a lot by going down to the second, third, even fourth team in terms of team total. Now we have this really big gap, a four point gap in team total from the top team to the second team. That's a huge difference. 
those are usually the spots where I'm more inclined, even if they are going to be chalky, even if the, the uh, ownership is going to be chalky between just a couple players on the team, where I'm more inclined to lean into that and try to get contrarian elsewhere just because it's such a big projection, team projection, relative to the field. So, um, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Because we haven't really had this situation this, this year. We've had a couple of spots, like I said, where Bills are in smash spots, but we haven't had team totals like this this year. And it's because, to your point, teams are averaging 21.8 points per game, which is fairly low. Uh, Average yards per carry is up to 4.45 for running backs, which is why running backs are hitting substantially over wide receivers right now. And underdogs, teams getting at least seven points this year, are 20 and nine against the spread because no team is good enough to blow someone out by nine or 10 points in, in this, in today's NFL. And so, yeah, it does matter. It matters for a team like the Jaguars, for instance, if we're playing the Chiefs and we think, oh, Isaiah Pacheco may get carries in a blowout game script. I don't believe it's going to be a blowout game script uh, because no team has shown they could blow them out. So, it, it makes it interesting across the board um, for Justin Fields and the lions though. It's just a matter of the, the spot and the salary really, which, which is why I, you know, I, I keep looking around and trying to get off of it. And I think there are a couple of leverage plays we'll get to later on, but honestly, like last week, it may be a situation where you wrote up in your Wednesday article, the Millie Maker winner, also small field winners on DraftKings and on FanDuel, actually. They just played Cole Komet or they played Darnell Mooney with with Justin Fields as the unique 5% pieces. It may be a situation like that again where it's Justin Fields and Chase Claypool, let's say, over Darnell Mooney. And so that's the way I kind of handle it right now, especially because the Chiefs offense, too, since those are our two talking points, uh, you you may be able to find a way to do it, but man, I've played around with Tua, with Tyreek, Tua double stacks. Um, you can't get Chiefs, Browns, and Dolphins in lineups the way salary works this week. It's it's so tough. So so it makes me think, okay, well, I have to take a stand somewhere and I have to go either Dolphins, Browns, or Chiefs, Jaguars. And so that's kind of my pivot point. Yeah, um, a lot can change, obviously, between Friday afternoon and Sunday morning, especially with that Josh Allen news. If if he is somehow active, obviously, that puts a, a little bit of a wrench into our plans, even though I don't know um, how much that's going to move projections and, and totals just because he'll still be playing injured. But in this week, I, I think as of now, at least I'm, I'm more inclined, like I said, uh, on the chief side, that total makes it really hard to move away from, especially on FanDuel, where that is just more affordable. On DraftKings with Justin Fields, if we had a, a situation where like Justin Fields was priced up and he was still chalky, you could kind of make the argument that um, like Justin Fields is smash cash game quarterback play, by the way. But uh, if, if 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 he was priced up, you can you could get away from it a little bit easier in terms of uh, you can see how he doesn't get there with the ceiling because of his limited pass production. Uh, we'll talk about that a little more shortly. But when he's such a good value, um, kind of the same thing as I'm talking about Mahomes on FanDuel on DraftKings. I obviously, if you're playing mass multi entry, you're not going to like have 100% of Justin Fields, but if you're playing single entry or three max, I think I just kind of lean into it and try to get unique elsewhere. Totally fair. I, I'm on the fence about how to handle it so far. Um, especially because like the Lions are also allowing a league high explosive passing rate on throws 15 yards downfield and like Justin Fields leads the league and throws 20 yards downfield um he when he keeps the ball he only throws 
on one area of the field, and that's where the lines allow a league high in completion. So it's just uh, it's an annoying spot. Also, because like we don't, as tournament players, we don't naturally chase uh, what won last week. Um, seems like that's what we want to fade. But now it's like, man, um, DraftKings is just forgetting salary. So it's like, how do I get off of him? Yeah, well, it's something. It's something we're definitely going to explore um, as as we get closer to Sunday. It's it's a really big decision to make between those two quarterbacks. Uh, obviously, we have more quarterbacks that we will talk about and have talked about already. So, um, again, get access to that four for four subscription. We've written up all of our plays so far uh, through today, and we'll adjust that through Sunday when we hop into the Discord. So make sure you're in the Discord on Sunday morning. But as we've been doing every week, uh, before we hop into our DFS plays, we go with some uh, some pickup strategy. Underdog has been really fun every year. We are on a cold streak, so we need to get hot, Daigle. We, we have know. just... But uh, I, I think this is the week we get hot. So let me bring up this week's, um, this week's underdog plays. And let's see if we could find some plays that we like um i say we start playing uh, no, go to ahead. the chalk oh i was just gonna say let's play the chalk here let's just play the top best bets we have all right what uh what do you see first off let's start with sam ellinger who is okay. i would like to see his rushing yards on underdog because we are projecting him at just 15 in this game yeah we have the uh they're projecting for 30.5 rushing yards, which I mean, if he combines for 30 yards through the air and on the ground, I'll be surprised at this point. Uh, I say we go under Ellinger rushing yards. Yeah, that's like that's like a high total for like any quarterback. <laughs> okay, well, uh, you said you want to bounce back, so let's start with that. What um, I mean, what do you what do you make of, of that Colts offense in general? Like, can we Dude. even really project them at this point? Or are we just projecting them low? No, and I know Jonathan Taylor's pretty cheap on FanDuel. Some some people in our Discord have mentioned it, but I genuinely don't know what to do with that game, with these two offenses. Uh, like even Josh Jacobs would be in a good bounce back spot logically as you know just a six and a half point favorite but also the Raiders shouldn't be favored by six and a half points against anyone even the Jeff Saturday Colts so like it's just such a nasty game yeah it's a pretty rough spot um I think a lot of unders in that game are going to be quite juicy um yeah do you have a second one or do you want me to throw one out there can we check out David Montgomery's receiving yards because a his receiving yard total is really low. It's at 10.5. I would like to go over that. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good one, too. Um, we saw his, his snap share and touch share really increase um, last week after we thought it was going to be a running back by a committee situation. Uh, obviously, we talked about fields rushing a ton, but I mean, he, he's not throwing like crazy volume, but um, but but he's going to throw it a little bit, especially against Detroit. I mean, there's just going to be mad plays in this game, I think. Is, we also that have, kind of what we're thinking in general? He, yeah, and we haven't projected for even for more than double that number. So yeah, and it is, and this ten and a half is lower than a couple other books too. So not only are we projecting it well, we're getting a, a little bit of value on it compared to other books. So that's always a good thing. You pick the third one. Get us back on track here. Um. Well, there, there's there's a couple that I'm pretty like I, I feel pretty good about, but I think this one. Let me see if it's the. Um, let me see if it's if they got the line that I'm looking for here. They have Dalton Schultz at 32 and a half receiving yards. We're projecting him for 46.3 receiving yards. 
my thinking here on Schultz is, and I, I, this one might be a little too thin, but my thinking here on Schultz is that uh, we haven't really seen this Dallas offense at full strength except for uh, a couple weeks. Schultz and Dak came back at the uh, the same time, and the offense has been crazy efficient. And the Packers, I mean, they've limited passing yardage a bit, but they've limited big plays uh, almost as good as any team, and they've really, really been good against wide receivers. So I think Schultz could be Dak's de facto number one if the Packers are able to lock down CD. Uh, do you think this one's a little bit too thin? Because like that's not a low number for Schultz, but it's not high either. It's not crazy, but I know we both like Schultz and DFS. Uh, yeah. He has he has a 22.5% target share since Dak Prescott returned. Well, and Dak yeah. Prescott's three games, Schultz has a 22.5% yeah. target share. So like he is getting the targets. The production hasn't followed, but you would imagine it, it comes along with this workload that rivals Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey, honestly. All right. So uh, do we want to lock that in? Lock it. We're keeping it easy this week. We're getting back on the board. Three-teamer, getting off the schneid. Uh, Forward thinking show. Yeah, uh, so we've been rolling out three to four teamers. Uh, hopefully you guys follow us along and, and get back on the right track. Um, if you don't want to follow us, we have all of the underdog uh, and and betting tools um, either on 444 or in our Discord. All of our other betting guys are putting their underdog picks in there as well. And if you miss the live show, I'm posting these. We're both posting these on our Twitter uh, so you guys can hopefully catch those there and hopefully they're still available when we get off of the show. So that's posted uh, back to normally scheduled programming. All right, let's jump right into it. Uh, quarterbacks, you kind of touched on this game briefly, uh, but talk about a guy you like that isn't a chief or a bear. Second highest total of the week between the Dolphins and Browns and for strategic purposes for DFS, Tua is priced on DraftKings 200 more than Justin Fields. And on FanDuel, he's $400 less than Patrick Mahomes and $200 less than Justin Fields. So right around that sweet spot where I don't really expect him to be rostered compared to those other two. But we've also seen the last two games, he's averaging 26 and a half fantasy points, has reached the bonus in both contests, and now he has six full starts this year around injuries, and he's thrown for three touchdowns and 50% of those starts, uh, averaging 22 and a half fantasy points in those games, which is fourth among quarterbacks in points per game and more than Jalen Hurts. So we've seen his ceiling and his ceiling can match Justin Fields and Patrick Mahomes if this game pops. And so I just like the situation all around for him this week. Yeah. The only thing that I'm concerned about in this game is, is both of these uh, teams pace down in one way or another. Uh, the Dolphins just typically play uh, quite slow, but they've offset that amazingly with efficiency and a very high passing rate. Whereas the, um, the Browns, their, their, uh, their rate of play isn't like at a snail's pace, but they do tend to run it a ton. So that can slow it down a bit. I mean, do you have any concerns about the pace? Or do you think just these two bad defenses will, will more than handle any pace concerns? I think I'm banking on efficiency more than anything. Yeah. It is going to be at least some of the better weather since we're back in Florida here. Uh, where of course the sun rays are going to be directed at the Browns bench because they don't put up umbrellas and they don't allow them to bring anything in, which is just insane. The league allows it, but yeah, I'm really just banking on efficiency here. Um, we'll talk about the Browns receivers in a bit, but I do like this game total and I think it's, it's qualified as the second highest for a reason. 
Yeah, I touched on this game in my write-up as well, and I kind of said what you said is that I think that the efficiency and the the defensive inefficiencies um, will offset any of those pace concerns. And I, I think there's a couple of players on the Browns that can really help uh, pace this game up. And obviously, if that happens, that's a and, very good thing for Tua. You know, Tyreek Hill's expensive. He's still going to be rostered since we all know he has the highest ceiling of any player or of any wide receiver on the board. Uh, but no one's going to play Jalen Waddle, and and genuinely, just having Tua, Tyreek, and Jalen Waddle, or just Waddle mixed in, is naturally going to be unique because it's so hard to fit around Chiefs players. So that's why I say also kind of taking a stand on one or the other offense because both have immense ceilings. Yeah, especially on DraftKings, it's it's really really tough to get to both of those guys. Always a little tough on the ceiling on DK. Um, we've already touched on this game quite a bit, and I'm going to come back to it again one more time. But uh, I have to mention Justin Fields. This is a podcast where we talk about the best best values of the week, and Justin Fields um, is the best value quarterback of the week at 8300 on FanDuel. Like you mentioned, he is really close to Mahomes, so uh, you can definitely go to Mahomes there. But on DraftKings at 6500 against Detroit in a game with a 40. Eight and a half point over under. Uh, this is a spot that is just a smash spot for the Bears for Justin Fields. Uh, it's the only game on the main slate where both teams are top 12 in neutral pace over the last six weeks. Detroit is one of two defenses that ranks bottom 10 and schedule adjusted points allowed to every single position that includes 29th against quarterbacks. Um, the total on this game, as I mentioned, there's, there's only three games all week with a total of at least 44. And anybody that's been paying attention over the last couple of weeks is very aware of what fields is doing in fantasy 80 plus yards on the ground in three of his last four games broke the regular season record for rushing yards uh, by a quarterback last week. He's averaging 67 yards on the ground over the course of the season. And maybe most importantly, especially if you're thinking about playing him in tournaments this week is that ceiling we've seen in back-to-back -back weeks, uh, multiple touchdowns in both of those games. And I, I don't think this can go understated. The addition of Chase Claypool is going to be huge for him. I think we only saw Claypool run 16 routes last week, but had a crazy 38% targets per route run rate. Uh, so he's going to have, he, he's been, he's, been targeting Mooney heavily. Komet has run good on touchdown uh, variants over the last couple of weeks, but another weapon I think is going to be huge for Fields this week. Claypool is actually my favorite contrarian bring along for Justin Fields this week. 100%. Uh, also, I think playing Lions are naturally going to be unique as well. Maybe not a Monroe St. Brown, but anywhere else you go with Justin Fields, um, no one will be thinking to play someone else. Like, we're, you know, we're, we're only six days removed from Khalif Raymond legitimately being a cash option for some like it was the wrong pivot but he was still a cash option and here he is again without josh reynolds and like he had he only ran two fewer routes in the monroe st brown like he had all the usage you wanted it just didn't get there uh what if it got there six days later wouldn't it be shocking at all so there there are a lot of ways you can go with this game yeah i agree with that um going to a player that you talked about in our pick em segment um what running back do you like this week one of the running backs, and my running back pool is thinner this week than my wide receiver pool, but it's clearly a week where we don't have value. I, I mentioned yeah. some in my article on the site. Uh, I'll save the rest for the Discord. I, I don't want to give too much out, but David Montgomery, I think, is a good value at running back, given that we know it's volatile. Uh, 
remove week nine really quick, go back to weeks seven and eight, when they were riding this hot hand at running back, Montgomery was handling 49% of backfield touches to Khalil Herbert's 43%. But we've also now seen that it's volatile in favor of Montgomery because last week, 68% of the team's backfield touches. And now we have this Lions front seven, which is allowing per our adjusted fantasy points tool, uh, the fifth most uh, or five yards per carry. And they are a top five in adjusted fantasy points allowed to opposing running back. So if if fields were to fail, I would imagine it's because someone else scoops up those touchdowns on the ground. And that, in my opinion, would be David Montgomery at 6K on DraftKings in particular. So yes, I, I do think there are situations where I do play David Montgomery over Justin Fields just to try to get leverage in some of my Mahomes and Tua stacks. Yeah, that uh, I, I think that is probably a, a better leverage spot than I, I gave it credit for um, earlier in the week. Like I I I didn't know how confident I was going to be in in the Montgomery um, share staying the same. I, I think listening to you a, a little bit and reading what you've had to write so far this week, I, I think I'm I probably like it a little more. Um, I, I mean, I, the obvious concern that people are going to say is that well, Fields is getting rushing work too. But um, but the, I think the important thing is what you pointed out. If he fails in tournaments, like how does he fail? It's probably not Detroit's defense just like taking a stand. Like even like last week, it was it wasn't like they played good. Like Aaron Rodgers made a bunch of mistakes. So the way he fails probably isn't defense. It's probably something like David Montgomery, right? Yeah, and confidence isn't the right word for it. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. Understanding the situation is how I phrase it, and, and knowing. Absolutely. How how high roster Justin Fields going to be again? Derek Carr in Week Four, I believe it was Week Five, maybe against the Chiefs, was fifty five percent rostered in a lot of small field tournaments. I really think Justin Fields um, gets up to that on DraftKings this week. So it, it's just trying to find yeah. ways around that. Yeah, I can see that. We we have him projected with a ceiling projection of of twenty percent ownership in small fields. Uh, I mean, in large field stuff. Um, you know, if that gets to to twenty five percent, it's very uh very easy in small field stuff that those owner uh ownership percentages are doubled for the chalkiest players on the slate. So that's definitely not crazy. And you know, the fifty nine hundred range on DraftKings is literally like as low as we can go right now at running back. Um, yeah, you know, un yeah. unless I'm missing someone like I, I bet people try to sneak Jalen Warren out there, but um, you know, given the matchup and everything, Montgomery has the much better situation. And this guy you're about to talk about has a great situation too. Yeah. Speaking of $5,900 on DraftKings, then I promise we'll get out of this game, but Jamal Williams on the other side, 7,400 FanDuel, 5,900 DraftKings. He had a season high 61% snap share last week with season high 24 carries. Uh, one of two players in the league with at least 20 carries inside the 10 yard line. The only other one is Joe Mixon. And we just saw him have that five touchdown outburst. Not saying that's coming for Jamal, but uh, that's the kind of workload that he's matched up with. Uh, teams have been running at the fourth highest rate over expectation against the Bears, and the Bears are 29th in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to the running back position. You mentioned that it's a very light running back slate in terms of usable players, in terms of uh, running back values under $8,000 on FanDuel. He is our top value there. He is our top value under $7,000 on DraftKings. Uh, there was some mention of DeAndre Swift getting a little bit more work this week, but I mean, even like we've seen all year, even if they're in a 50-50 split, Williams has been uh, the goal line or short yardage back as alluded to with that stat about his carries inside the 10-yard line. And I, I don't think it's a situation where 
if we see Swift's workload increase, I don't think it flips to where like Swift is getting like 60% of the touches or anything. Like we just haven't, uh, we just haven't seen that happen. And you can absolutely play Justin Fields and Jamal Williams and stacks together. Um, You know, Justin Fields hits his ceiling most likely because the lines are matching point for point this game and the lions in order to match point for point, likely it means Jamal Williams getting one to two touchdowns as we've seen at home him do three times already this season. So, or four times, I believe. So yeah, um, absolutely. You can play them together. And I, I don't think it'll have an impact on how the teams play. Uh, there's no like uh, participa- uh, precipitation or wind or anything, but this game could be uh, below freezing. So that's, uh, you know, that, that's always makes it a little, a little bit tougher on the, uh, the hands of the quarterbacks. And maybe they lean on Jamal a little bit more than we expect. Uh, moving on to wide receiver, uh, going back to that um, game, you mentioned the Miami Cleveland game. You talked about Tua. Uh, talk about a player on the other side. And if you play Tua, Tyreek, Waddle, whatever combination, it is admittedly hard to fit Amari Cooper with them, but it's nonetheless an amazing spot. Um, Cooper leads the league in receiving yards for 4.4 yards per route run against the Blitz, and D.C. Josh Boyer has blitzed at the league's third highest rate for Miami this year. Also, Miami running a top 10 amount of man coverage just because they're leaving their corners on an island when they blitz. And Amari Cooper leads the league with 55% of his targets against man coverage for 16 yards per catch. Um, Since Dallas traded for Cooper, actually, he's been above two yards per route run against man coverage every year, except for last year with Dallas. And he's obviously bounced back this year with 3.3 yards per route run against man coverage. So just given the overall scheme and what we expect the Dolphins and Browns to do in order to push each other. It's an amazing spot for Amari Cooper. Yeah. Over the last month, his yards per route run is like on Justin Jefferson, DeAndre Hopkins level. So he's actually been silently um, crushing when you're talking about the the top fantasy receivers in the game. People are talking about Chase Jefferson Hopkins, but uh, in terms of efficiency, at least uh, yards efficiency, Cooper has been right there, even though uh, Donovan's people Jones might get some, uh, People might be talking about him quite a bit on DraftKings because he is very cheap. If you look at our ceiling scores on FanDuel, Cooper actually grades out better, even though he is significantly more expensive. So uh, again, on FanDuel, those those higher priced players, even though they're more expensive, often grade out as better values. So take note of that this week. Definitely. Uh, Chris Olave is a guy that... um, he surprised me because I usually lean pretty hard on John Paulson's projections. I guess he's usually right. He wasn't projecting out very well um, in our initial projections. And because of that, natu- our, our our ownership is uh, comes directly from our projections versus salary. Salary is up a little bit, 7,500 Fandle, 6,800 DraftKings. So like he, he wasn't projecting out as a crazy good value. I clicked around on uh, some other spots around the industry. Not projecting well. Other other spots either, which is just crazy surprising. I mean, and I, I guess a lot of it has to do with just how bad the Saints looked um, on Monday night against uh, the Ravens. But like their passing rate has been low. It's it's rough with Dalton back there. But I mean, against this defense, Pittsburgh thirty first in schedule adjusted points allowed to wide receivers, and it hasn't mattered whether it's slot or uh, perimeter wide receivers. They're 29th in fantasy points per target to both slot and perimeter wide receivers, which, as you mentioned in your article, Alave 
leads the team in um, in slot targets, but also has an additional 40-some-odd targets from the perimeter. So he lines up everywhere. He can toast them everywhere, uh, averaging 10 targets per game over the last month, 29% target share, 42% air yard share, a third of their end zone targets. So even though their pass volume hasn't been up and, and Dalton has just been Dalton, I mean, Alave's volume and workload in this matchup is just beastly. So I'm really surprised that he's not projecting super well and that he's expected to be pretty low owned. Like I'm maybe people like notice this and and start pushing it by Sunday. But as we record this on Friday, um, he's, he's really flying under the radar for what should be such a good spot. And even if he gets steamed, there are enough options coming back with George Pickens or even Pat Fryermuth. Um, you know, it's an amazing spot for all, especially with the Steelers coming off their bye and getting their more explosive players involved. Jalen Warren maybe in a larger timeshare with Najee Harris, George Pickens and every down receiver in two wide sets with Chase Claypool out now. So overall, like you could run it back with a number of options. Yeah, I, I think many stacks in this game are actually very interesting. I um I mean, these just aren't the type of plays that we see get steam going into Sunday. This this salary range, particularly, like if we see random plays get steamed, usually it's just a, a cheap wide receiver in a good matchup, and people start building and realizing you need someone to fit, like a Khalif Raymond last week, even though that was um, injury induced. But stuff like that is where it's like I just don't see him leapfrogging, even though he's not crazy expensive. He's just kind of in that weird salary range where I just don't think he leaps fro- leapfrogs any any of the um, wide receiver values that are projecting for double digit ownership. So I think, I, I mean, I, I think Olave is probably cash viable. I haven't built cash yet um, just from a usage standpoint, but I mean, if I'm going to get Olave at 5% in this spot, it's a smash. Uh, he may be as I'm still tinkering with the optimal cash lineup, but it obviously starts with fields. Yeah, definitely. Um, we talked about the uh, Chiefs and the Jaguars in the intro to the podcast today, and we both like players from uh, from both sides this week. So go ahead and start with the guy that you like on the Jag side. Uh, last week, winning lineups on DraftKings anyways included Christian Kirk, even though Travis Etienne scored more because Kirk was the pivot. And I think Kirk is yet again an amazing pivot off of Travis Etienne. Uh, Chiefs are allowing the third most receiving yards per game to opposing slot receivers, and that's where Kirk has run 75% of his routes, and he's now seen at least seven targets in three consecutive games. We expect it to be negative game script. This is the same situation for passing the ball as it was last week whenever we thought the Raiders' defense would elevate the Jaguars. Etienne is the one who pounded the ball in, but the Raiders still allow the Jaguars to score on three or four red zone possessions, score a touchdown on three or four red zone possessions. It's the same thing here because the Chiefs are allowing the third highest passing touchdown rate in the league and are one of only four defenses allowing a 70% touchdown percentage inside the red zone. So I expect the Jaguars to be a negative game script and yet again be able to efficiently score the ball. And so I will yet again pivot from ETN to Kirk for lower ownership. Yeah, I talked about Detroit being one of two teams that ranks in the bottom 10 and four for four schedule adjusted points to every single position. Uh, the only other team there is the Chiefs. So the Jaguars do have a nice, uh, nice positional matchups. Obviously, big underdogs there. They're going to be chasing. But uh, Christian Kurt is in a fantastic spot as the only Jaguar with more than 20. As is Evan Ingram, who I probably don't have the courage to go back to. But uh, as a tournament player, it makes a lot of sense at the same exact price. Same spot, pretty much. Yeah. 
Did Evan Ingram practice today? He he was removed from the injury report. He's good to go. Okay, completely. Yeah, yeah. So that For better uh, or worse. Yep. So he's yep full practice today. Yeah. So that uh, he'll probably end up being. I think he might, at least on DraftKings, I think he might end up being more popular than Christian Kirk. I'll have to look at that. But uh, if that happens, I mean, I'm, I'm slam dunk Kirk. Um, on the other side, Juju Smith-Schuster, 7000 FanDuel, $6,000 DraftKings. Over the last six weeks, the Chiefs are first in passing rate over expectation. The Jaguars are bottom 10 in schedule adjusted points to every single position, except tight end, where they rank seventh in schedule adjusted points allowed. Now, are they going to shut down Kelsey? No, I'm not. Exp- that tight end matchup fantasy points. It's very dependent on which tight ends you've played. We do adjust for schedule, obviously. Um, but I mean, I don't expect them to, to. Kelsey is is just a different thing. But it's worth noting. So thought I would put out put it out there. Uh, Juju 8.3 targets uh, per game over the last month is top 20 among wide receivers. I love a concentrated passing attack and him and Kelsey are combining for 45% of the chiefs targets over the last month. And in that span, he is 13th in yards per route run. Uh, Juju is among all wide receivers, at least 15 targets over the last month. You could go on my Twitter and look at the list of players that are above him. Um, it is the 12 elite wide receivers that you would expect in the league. So his efficiency has been crazy. Um, and he's been doing this without end zone targets. So if he gets a couple end zone looks, I think he is a smash this week. We have him as a top three overall value on DraftKings. He is our uh, top value below $7,000 on FanDuel. So fire up Juju confidently in every format. And he does lead the Chiefs in overall slot routes, but it's McCole Hardman who's ruled out who actually leads the team in rate of slot routes. And so I think there is a chance that Juju's like on the field even more than usual in this game, which would be incredible. Yeah, I think I am um, batting a thousand over the last two years and writing up at least one guy every week that gets ruled out. So me, Cole, pour one out. <laughs> it's all. It's all good. Uh, it, it's also good. It's an interesting conversation because it's probably going to steam Kadarius Tony, but maybe the an- maybe the answer is Juju or Travis Kelsey instead. Yeah, uh, Kelsey. I, I I mean Juju will be in that for for tournament purposes. He'll be in that like moderate ownership range, but he's not like such a good value that he ends up twenty five percent or something. So which is um, crazy I, because I, six thousand like that's a great price for a receiver who everyone still considers um like a blip on the radar he's done nothing but be a top 15 receiver for three consecutive games and be a top wideout for over a month now like what how much more evidence do you need yeah i think people just also don't know how to play the chiefs which i think it should it should be getting easier at this point moving on to tight ends uh you got a oh yeah. very very pay down option oh let's go ahead and get the salary saver out of the way uh because I was looking at not only cheap options, because I think, you know, there are some options you'll talk about it, but also just still looking at leverage potentially. And, you know, if, if I don't, where I don't get to Saquon Barkley, uh, there, there are lineups where I think Tanner Hudson strictly for DraftKings 2,600 next to the minimum, um, bounces back and like maybe even scores a touchdown here. He ran around on a season high, 80% of Daniel Jones dropbacks before their buy in place of Daniel Bellinger, who is still out from eye surgery. Uh, Hudson also had five targets, the second most on the team for a 16% target share in that game. And so 2,600, I actually, if I'm not paying up for Kelsey again, I'm still tinkering with builds here. 
Um, I, I trust Hudson enough to even use him in cash games at that price. Yeah. I mean, if, if you look at, and I'm just looking at DraftKings here, but it's, I mean, the player pool is the same. The va- value is just a little bit different, but looking at the DraftKings uh, value report on four for four. And I mean, it's Travis Kelsey or punt. I mean, the, the guy that I'm going to bring up isn't necessarily a punt, but like there isn't a, a slam dunk value after Travis Kelsey. So in those weeks where it's pay up tight end or punt, I think it's actually usually pretty sharp to just punt all the way, whether it's cash games or GPPs, because going down from, say, $3,400 in salary to, I believe, Tanner's 26, not 25, but basically uh, the minimum, that extra $1,000 that you're going to go from a mid-salary player, doesn't matter if it's a wide receiver or a running back, to an elite salary player, um, it does heighten the ceiling of your team because that punt tight end that you're using that projects better than Hudson like his ceiling's really not like that much crazier uh like all these punt guys are kind of bunched together because they're punt guys so I think it's kind of sharp in weeks like this to just go all the way down if you can find a spot and I mean we obviously didn't talk about like every single value play this week you mentioned Saquon but Damian Pierce on the other side is going to be very popular too he's a value play but kind of um uh like in a, in a really slow gross game that I think uh, there might not be a lot of touchdown equity. And I was kind of trying to think about that game. I I didn't write it up at all because I couldn't think through a uh, leverage play. I liked off both of those guys. And I mean, why not, if you can't think of one, why not just go for the cheapest one? Right. I I think there's really good reason to as well. And again, leverage off Saquon Barkley. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I talked about this guy in our underdog, um, pick him segment already, as you did with Dave Montgomery, but, uh, Dalton Schultz, 5,500 Fandle, 3,800 DraftKings at green Bay, uh, one of four teams with a team total of at least 24 points. I talked about deck and Dalton Schultz returning at the same time, uh, in that span, Dallas is third in EPA per play, uh, only two games in that three week sample, but I mean, still good that they've been playing efficient better than not playing efficient and also you mentioned um his 22 percent target share with deck in the time since deck returned from the injury schultz also leads tight ends and targets per route run 40 percent yards per route one at 4.1 yards 24 percent target share again two game sample but the fact that he's playing that efficient with Dak since his his return, um, that says very, very good things as i talked about green bay does limit big plays and limit wide receiver scoring they limit passing yards and passing touchdowns overall um they're they are a run funnel but if they're really limiting big plays i, I do think there's a really good chance that uh, dalton schultz could lead the team in targets this week for uh offense that's been playing efficient since that came back since uh and, and again uh, if if you're going away from uh those two big games that we mentioned uh you know dallas isn't far behind in terms of team total even if you make it a three-game sample with Dak, uh, Schultz is averaging 30% target per route run. So like he yeah, is, massive. I understand the results haven't been there, but he is getting elite opportunity for a tight end as long as Dak is under center. Dak now also 14 days healthier off of his injury. So he was already surgical, honestly, against the Bears. Maybe we attribute that to Chicago's defense, but man, he could come out just at full strength here and it'd be amazing for Schultz. Yeah, not to uh, go back to off-season priors, which is we're way past doing that at this point. But, I mean, we haven't really had a, a healthy Cowboys off to this point. And, and Schultz is a guy that a lot of, uh, you know, really sharp people were on going into the season. Now they've they've got the offense rolling a little bit with Dak. I, I think we could see some explosions coming out of Schultz. Everybody's talking about um, 
how uh, crazy and dysfunctional the Colts are, but they're playing a, a pretty crazy dysfunctional team on the other side as well. So uh, make your case for playing the Colts defense this week. The one consistent in your winning tournament lineup article every single Wednesday morning is, well, there are a couple of consistents, but with unique pieces around the chalk, but more importantly, it's always the single digit defense. Like that's pretty much what it comes down to. And like, we are all assuming we know what's going to happen in Colts Raiders and the Raiders just like blowing out a Colts team we think is laughable. And but that's the thing. Hunter Renfro on IR, Darren Waller on IR. Like maybe the Raiders are also just laughable with three double digit points blown. Did three double digit point leads blown already this year, including just last week against Jacksonville up 17 0 and then outscored 27 to 3 to close the game. So, like, why can't the Colts defense get there um, under Jeff Saturday since we don't know anything about the Raiders offense either? So, sure, I'm more than willing to suck it up a two to three percent Colts defense and, and play it in a 41 point total. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm kind of uh, the the data and the um, the metrics aren't as strong for the Steelers, but at 3,600 FanDuel, 2,800 DraftKings, if we look at the teams um, that aren't underdogs by three or more points, the only other defense that is kind of close to this low in salary is the Lions. And with that game, um, expecting to shoot out, or at least with Chicago, uh, it points to Chicago having a real big game. Detroit's kind of off my board as a defense to target. Obviously, Steelers defense hasn't been great, but they're in a game that's expected to be very low scoring, even though the Saints are favored. They have a very low team total below 21, uh, very affordable. The Saints are have given up the third most um, schedule adjusted points to opposing defenses. That number could be a little fickle for the defense, but it's definitely worth noting here. When we're just looking for a pay down option, I think they're fine to throw in cash. I, I don't know if I'm going to be using them in tournaments because I, I think they will be owned a little bit, but if you're just looking to pay down safe salary in cash games i think Steelers are absolutely fine oh tj watt scheduled to return like this defense since week two without yeah, him is dead last in sacks yeah, yeah. and has allowed the third highest explosive passing rate with tj watt guaranteed to be back on the field sure they can definitely get there and um in the chat we have a mention from darren on vikings defense if no josh allen um obviously don't do that yeah, in yeah. tournaments because everyone's going They're to do that be, in tournament so yeah yeah cash be, games yeah, they'll be the most Please popular. If, if if Allen is out, Vikings are the uh, cash, cash game. Like, lock Please, God, so, don't ever so. play at 30% defense in tournaments. Never. Yeah. yeah You'll I'm hurt not, me. I, I've said it multiple times this year on this podcast and other podcasts. If I lose because of a 30% defense, which I have already this year, I'm, I'm fine <laughs> losing every week. I don't care. Uh, all right, that does it for the Week 10 DFS MVP. As always, to get up to the second uh, analysis leading up to kickoff, specifically for GPPs, make sure you are in the 444 Discord. If you aren't, if you don't have access to the 444 Discord yet and you're interested in the pickums we did at the beginning of the show, uh, you can go to 444.com slash underdog and use the promo code 444 when you sign up for a new underdog account. That'll get you a free DFS subscription and access to the Discord, as well as a 100% deposit match up to $100. If you are already an underdog user, you could get the DFS subscription for half off. It's down to $49 for the rest of the season. We go through the Super Bowl. Uh, if you are listening, please rate and review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. If you're here on YouTube, please like the video. Please subscribe to the channel. All that stuff goes a really long 
long way in supporting us, and we always appreciate that. And if you want to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter. Daigle is at not J Daigle. I'm at TJ Hernandez. Four for four is at four for four football. We'll talk to you guys on Sunday morning.